Welcome to the Wild and Free podcast, episode 40. I'm Ainsley Arment, and this week we'll talk with Jody Mockaby about the changing seasons of homeschooling. Tony Weber will share her homeschool story with us, and we'll revisit a fun moment that happened at the recent Wild and Free conference in Franklin, Tennessee. So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started. all still buzzing about the amazing weekend we shared together at the Wild and Free Conference a few weeks ago. Nearly a thousand mamas gathered at the factory in Franklin, Tennessee to learn and be inspired by women like Cindy Rollins, Jennifer Pepito, Greta Eskridge, and so many others. But it wasn't all keynotes and note-taking. We had a blast. On Saturday afternoon, our MC Tina Ingle thought it would be fun to get everyone dancing, so she asked for a few volunteers. Um, you guys know it wouldn't be a Wild and Free conference without a little dancing, right? <laughs> so for this next little part, I'm going to need some volunteers. Several mamas joined her on stage, not sure what to expect, oh gosh, but willing to give it a try. All right, I'm going to teach them a little dance. Tina demonstrated um, the steps to really a dance routine she wanted them to perform to together. Quickly, but, but you know how it is. Learning something new in front of a crowd can make you yeah, a bit up, nervous. Please. All right, you guys feel good about it? Aubrey, let's hit it. As the music pounded through the loudspeakers, six out of the seven girls broke out into a perfectly choreographed dance routine that was synchronized to music. The poor mama in the middle, the only one who didn't know what was going on, started laughing hysterically as she suddenly realized what was going on. She had been played. The other six mamas who had been randomly selected from the crowd, well, they had been practicing all month long. Each of the other dancers came over to give her a big hug as Tina gave her the news. So we have a little secret. <laughs> All these mamas are professional dancers. As the audience applauded her courage, we lavished her with gifts from the Wild and Free store. She was a great sport and came away with lots of goodies. What's even better, she was a local mama who showed up at their dance studio the very next day. So it was a happy ending after all. As you know, our next Wild and Free conference is in Frisco, Texas on February 15th and 16th. This event is the perfect opportunity for a road trip with friends. Think miles of open road, memories, and mixtapes. There are already scores of Wild and Free groups coming to the conference together. The Dallas group is bringing 25 mamas. Texarkana is bringing eight mamas. Groups are coming from Nebraska, Illinois, and Washington State. And that's only the beginning. So in the spirit of road trips, we're announcing the Group Getaway Giveaway. We're giving away the ultimate road trip goodie package, which includes a $100 gas card, a supply of road trip snacks, a $150 gift card at a popular roadside restaurant, a personalized Wild and Free podcast just for you on your road trip, a free annual subscription to the Wild and Free content bundles. Yes, you heard me right. Plus, as a bonus, if you're coming to Wild and Free Frisco, Texas, we'll upgrade your tickets to box seats and provide snacks and a concierge to look after all your needs while you're there. 
To find out how to enter, go to bewildandfree.org slash Frisco. If you've been homeschooling a while, then you know, the longer we do this, the more our communities change as some of our friends decide to try different approaches to education or move away from us. Jennifer Pepito sat down with Jody Maccabee to talk about this changing nature of homeschooling. Jody shares some encouraging insights on how she deals with the loss of community. Let's listen in. I thought it'd be really fun to talk about kind of keeping our motivation on for school. I know for you, you've got growing kids, even a child going into middle grades. I've got kids who are in high school and graduated. And sometimes we can get to this point where we're feeling like, oh, my friends are putting their kids back in school. Our community's changing. And we can all of a sudden feel that maybe we should do something differently. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about that crisis of homeschool faith, so to speak, and how you manage it. Absolutely. I think at the beginning, it's a honeymoon phase and everything is picture books and coloring crayons and painting and nature. And then you kind of need to start working on mechanics and that's enjoyable and new. And then, like you said, you start losing friends to schools. And we went through that this summer. We have a small group where there were five of us and our children were all great friends. And three of the moms sent their children to school this year. And that was just kind of a really quick blow, even though it was their personal decision. It was something that I had to really look inside and and find motivation to start our year because it was just a sad thing to go through. Right. And you started out homeschooling as kind of a pioneer. Like you're in a smaller community and I'm sure not all of your friends were homeschooling when you started. What made that easier and this harder in a way? I think I like new challenges. And so starting homeschooling was a challenge and that was exciting. And the honeymoon phase was just, I wanted to find out as much as I could about all the different types of philosophies and just really dove into the research of of how to best train my children. So that was exciting. And then once you figure that out, it becomes a little bit more mundane. But then I had this great community that I was with to do that with. And so we challenged each other and um, encouraged one another. And so to lose that was kind of sad. It was was heartbreaking a little bit for me and my children. For sure. So what has helped you in this season? Because, you know, community is always in flux. You know, we can have a great community for a little while and then someone moves away and you've got to start over. It doesn't always mean that someone started school or took a different path. Communities in flux, but there's always kind of an adjustment and something we have to go through as we make that transition. So what's helped you with the transition this year? I think speaking to more seasoned homeschoolers and talking about their experiences with friendships and co-ops and different things like that, I started learning that homeschooling is very seasonal. And like you said, the flex of community that I had pictured this group of friends to be diehards all the way through and that we would do this together until the end, basically. So I think that was hard as the reality of knowing that that was ending and a new season was coming. But once I was able to wrap my head around the seasonal aspect of it. I spent a lot of time in the Bible and just refocused and re-energized. I read some of my own manuals. That's awesome. (laughs) And that that reminded me of um, the beauty of what we had experienced in the past and to just get excited again 
for a new year. Yeah. So I had to do a lot of that to just refocus and get excited again for right. my children. Which is one of the things I love about Wild and Free. It's like every month I'm getting some new vision. You know, other people at different times might be more excited about it than I am. Yes. And so being in a community, even if it's an online community where you have some fresh energy coming in is so encouraging. Exactly. Each of us has a homeschool story, a life-changing experience that led us to living and learning together at home. One of my favorite things about Wild and Free is hearing these stories from our community. Tony Weber recently shared how she and her husband made the decision to homeschool. I think the thing that sticks out in my mind the most was the moment is kind of my defining point was when I read an article, I don't even remember who the family was, but it was in a mainstream magazine, like it might have even been like Time magazine, I can't remember, but something pretty major like that. And they were featuring this homeschool family that just had this incredible success story, <laughs> you know, of raising their kids and they weren't weird and they, they were actually really intelligent and went on to just do great things and have this great family life and opportunities and it just resonated so much with me that I knew right at that moment I was I knew that we were going to homeschool it was interesting even though this article kind of focused on the things that this family accomplished it spoke to me more about just the incredible connection I could have with my children, keeping them home as they were growing up rather than sending them away for hours every day for years and years. Yeah, it was at that moment I just knew this is what we're doing. And I spoke to my husband about it, showed him the article, and he was like, it was almost as if he had already come to that conclusion. He was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what we're doing. Every month, our content bundles are packed with articles, tutorials, videos, podcasts, and stories just like the one Tony shared with us to encourage and inspire you on your homeschooling journey. And this week, we have something extra special for you. If you subscribe to the bundles today, you'll not only get access to last month's bundle, Belong, and this month's bundle, Forest, but if you stay subscribed into November, you'll also get access to the new Fables bundle, along with the audio and video from our recent Wild and Free conference in Franklin, Tennessee. Plus, we'll send you a free welcome kit in the mail and a monthly magazine for as long as you're subscribed. And you'll be the first to get each new content bundle as they're released each month. To sign up or learn more, go to bewildandfree.org slash bundles. So what are the, some of the things that you're loving now about this new year of school? Oh, I think my twins are really inspiring me to work harder. They want to know more information. They're probably my most eager students, and so... They want the day to go longer. They want to do more. They want to learn more. And just seeing that spark in them excites me. They're, they're the first to, to work in the morning, and they want to continue to work. And so I get really excited over their eagerness to learn. It makes me feel like we're doing something right. That's so fun. So, And you're one of the most creative homeschoolers I know with all the painting and clay and projects. What are some of the projects that you've got planned for this year or that you found have been especially meaningful and memorable for your kids? Well, my planning is a week in advance, so I can't tell you farther than what a week is from now. But I will say that we're in the middle of an art block right now, and so we're learning not just art history but different compositions, and we're playing around with that, and that's really fun, and the kids have been really enjoying that. And um, we haven't studied art before in a formal setting, so this is really fun to go through that right now. So I'm sure more projects will come from that right. as well. When you develop a block, are you studying an artist? Are you studying 
concepts about art? How do you formulate your blocks? I usually find a really good book that will take us through at least a month of learning. And then I base that book as our main studying form of literature. And then I use a chapter book to kind of go alongside of that and then multiple other picture books to help us through. So I usually choose one book. And so we have a a good book that we're using right now that's taking us through all the art periods and highlighting certain artists and different styles and different things like that. So we use that as the basis. And then I find YouTube videos and how fun. We, we build off of that. Okay, so tell me, do you remember the title of the art book? I believe it is Introduction to Art. Okay, is it like Osborne? Because they have a good intro to art, too. I don't believe it's Osborne. Okay. I'm not sure what it is. I'm fun. sorry. And the book, I don't know what chapter book, but we studied Iwan de Pareja. Okay. It was a chapter book about art. What's How your chapter neat. book? It's an Audubon book, actually, oh. but I wanted it to be a little bit younger. Um, so it's probably for K to 3, I would say. But my older kids are enjoying it as well. And it's just following Audubon through his childhood. And I wanted them to connect with how sometimes that's just in you. And it starts from such a young age. And so he was drawing birds from the age of three or four and was just fascinated with birds and wanted to draw, draw, draw. And so to see that gift in a child from so young, I want them to know that their gifts start at a young age and that they should follow through with those and and exercise our gifts a little bit. So that's kind of the perspective that I'm using that oh, I love book that. for. I love, too, how choosing an Audubon, he was both an artist and a naturalist, and your kids are such natural naturalists. So <laughs> that's awesome. How about the transition with homeschooling multiple ages? Because at this point, you have a sixth grader doing higher level mass, and then you have a couple of first or second graders. Yes. How are you homeschooling multiple ages? I have combined my fifth and third grader they're about the same level on a lot of things so he'll write a little bit more than she does but I've combined both of them as far as their requirements and actually the twins which are in first grade are able to hang with them right now with grammar I'm doing a little bit of grammar with them so very basic grammar you know how I feel about grammar (laughs) but they're all three being taught that at the same time, and I am doing spelling separately. And then my oldest is doing the online, the higher level math, and he's actually doing a writing class as well. And he is very independent and kind of thrives with structure and high expectations. And I don't often have very high expectations for my kids. <laughs> so I think he needed that type of setting, and he's just thriving with that. So he joins us with our morning collective. And aside from that, those classes are covering his academic needs, really. Yeah, I love that. I think that there's a time, you know, to transition children into being taught by other people, even if it's a co-op class or an online class or whatever it might be. It's a good way to fill in the gaps. He's really had to rise in his organizational skills and technology skills because he has to scan his work and send it in. And they have a forum that they have to share ideas with and buddies that they have to grade papers for and different things like that. So it's been really great for him to kind of rise up and mature a little bit, having to kind of have that responsibility. Super good preparation for college. It is. It is. And he's excited for college because of it. He's getting a little taste of that, you know. So. So what would you say? I think so many moms have this question that plagues them, which is, am I doing enough? What do you say to those moms? I say that I understand because I ask myself the same thing all the time, but that's just a bad question to have. We were created to be their moms. And if you just erase the last 60 to 75 years of culture, this is what families did. And so 
we are capable. And so, yes, you're enough. You're doing enough. And I feel like if you have a relationship with the Lord, he'll share with you when you're not. And if you don't feel that way, your mother intuition will tell you otherwise as well. So just to pay attention to that and stay focused on your goals and your just daily disciplines, but don't overload your plate. Yeah, I that, love that will make you feel like you're not doing enough. And can make our children so frazzled and stressed as well. When we feel so inadequate about it, I think sometimes we communicate that to our children and then it makes them want out. Exactly. So feeling like we can do it often can help us actually do it. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to chat about homeschooling and keeping our excitement over it, even in times where our community is in flux. I appreciate yeah. the time. Absolutely. Thank you, Jen. Thanks so much, Jody and Jen. We can't wait to see you both at the Wild and Free Conference in Frisco, Texas this February. As for you, friends, we hope to see you there too. Don't forget to check out the group getaway giveaway on our website at bewildandfree.org Frisco or grab a ticket today. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but join us again next week for the Wild and Free podcast. <laughs>